Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, friends. We are back for another edition of Motherhood in Hollywood with Heather Brooker and the ever-so-handsome... Chris Brooker. Hi. Hi. So if you haven't noticed, um, Chris has become a recurring guest star. Yes. On my podcast. <laughs> um, simply for the fact. Only because I'm in the other room. <laughs> Only for the <laughs> fact that he's in the other room and I'm lazy. Um, I uh, I don't know why I'm so unmotivated to um, find guests these days, but it is so much easier to know that you're literally in the other room. And I can come in anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm friends. I'm forced to. Somebody help me. <laughs> Somebody help you. I'm here to promote your podcast, actually. I'm here oh, to help great. You promote your show. I love it. Um, we, you know, I think we call it a podcast, but it's really not. It's just an amazing radio show, The Random Brooker Mix. Yeah. If you haven't heard it yet, check it out on Spotify Premium. If you don't have Premium, you will only get to listen to the first, like, 30 seconds of the song and then Chris's intro between uh, songs. But it's truly worth it to fully get the experience of the Random Brooker Mix to upgrade to Spotify Premium. This is not a hashtag sponsored situation. I'm not uh, paying you. Yeah, you're not paying me, but also <laughs> neither is Spotify. True. So, um, but it's just worth it to be able to hear the full songs and really get the full experience. Basically, it's music I like, music that's influenced me and music I like to listen to. I like to talk about it and, uh, you know, share some insights. It's fun. And what makes you an expert? Why should we give a rat's patootie? I'm no expert I by any means. I mean, I did radio for about 10 years, way back, a long time ago, and I've always loved it. And I've always, music's always been a part of my life. And I love talking about it. I love uh, he hearing it. It, learning about it uh, some of the best discussions I've ever had in my life have been centered around music so I want to continue that process and just um, I don't know share stuff that interests me all right well I'm into it I listen to it every week I'm one of your two subscribers yes <laughs> And I'm the other one. And you're the other one. Um, right now, my, my dog has her nose in my crotch, so I'm going to just do a quick adjustment. Too much information. Yes. Um, our dog is being very needy. Our our puppy, who weighs almost 55 pounds, um, super needy. So there's a lot happening in the Brooker household over the next couple of weeks, which is also why I wanted to sit down and chat with you. Um, we are getting ready to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary. Wow. Oh, my god! Amazing. I've been sort of looking back through our photo albums at the pictures of us, and I'm like, we were such babies. <laughs> we were just babies. What were we doing? I don't know. We had no idea. What I don't we know. Doing. We don't were know. in love. Love. Um, I, I was uh, 24 when we got married. I was 50. Fifty. <laughs> um, I was 24 when we got married, and you were 27. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I I look at now at how different the times are the times have changed they have. um i was considered to be an elderly bride <laughs> in at the ripe old age of 24 all of my other friends had either already gotten married or were engaged and i was the one of the last ones of my friend group besides my lesbian friends um <laughs> to get married and um i uh i look back now and i look at channing really oh, and yeah. i think she should not get married at 24. She's Ever. not going to be ready. She, no, no. She's definitely not going to be ready. Um, but I know 
she wants to be a mom so bad and oh, she man. wants to be in love and have a husband. She may be one of those kids that she's, wants to get married. She's talking about that now. Yes. You know, about who she's going to marry and, and you know, uh, what kind of mom she's going to be and things like that. And it's, you know, it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> It doesn't scare me. I actually think it's really sweet. I it's, don't want to have those discussions. Oh, I think it's really sweet. It's very, te- it's very, I mean, to be honest, it's very, I feel very complimented that she wants to be a mom. Well, it's a testament to you. Yes. I remember growing up going, I'm never going to be a mom. <laughs> um, because uh, just based on my own um, somewhat rocky experience with my own mother, but, but it makes me feel so good that she thinks motherhood is such a wonderful mm-hmm. thing and I hope that I have had some kind of that's a reflection <clears throat> of my my parenting and your parenting yep. you know what I mean so yep. that's my hope so in looking back over the past 20 years we we've been through so much but it's not like drama filled like no. I hear when I hear people talk about oh we've been through our ups and our downs and we've been through everything together we've been to hell and back like i hear people talk about their marriage there's life. been no trauma there's been no trauma no drama you know there's certainly been um what i would call lulls um if we're just being honest there's you know not every day as a married person and this is something i think that um people need to realize when i get asked all the time like oh how do you make it work what's your secret and i'm like well every day is not a romance novel Every day is not, um, we wake up and we're just so overcome with sexual desire, you know, (laughs) it's not, we're not also, um, jetting off to fabulous places. Like, it's just not like that. There are def there are day to day things that you do. You know, we wash dishes, we do laundry, we watch movies. Life gets in the way. Life, it doesn't get in the way. It's life. It's just life. Yeah, Yeah. It's not in the way. It's just, it is what it is. And I think. Certainly Hollywood and movie uh, and books have romanticized in some way um, what a marriage is supposed to be. And it's really about, I think, about friendship. Yeah. It's about respect. It's about um, treating your partner like you would like to be treated. The golden rule still applies to your spouse. Right. You know? Right. Um, and it's also about ex- accepting the imperfections in your own life. Oh, God, yes. And <laughs> I'm kill you. I'm <laughs> deleting this episode. It's about it's about accepting your own imperfections, but also your spouses, and just going. This is who they are, and I love them anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, now, totally. Obviously, we're not talking about an abusive situation or anything like that. Like that's that's a different type of discussion. Um, and I just think also we were just meant to be together. Well, you know, I've always said, uh, you know, when we first You're started my dating, soulmate. Uh, don't say that word. <laughs> um, when we first started dating, and we 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 first kind of got together and stuff like that, we lived apart. We were long distance. Yeah, long distance lovers <laughs> um, for the longest time, for like a year or two, mm-hmm. and then. But we maintained that friendship and we developed that relationship, um, and that became the base. And it's always been that base. You know, we've yeah. always been each other's best friends. <laughs> All right. So Luna is needing some attention right now. I think she sees Chris and I sitting here talking and we're not talking to her. This is what she does to me every time I'm in here working. She'll sit here and just start whining. She's and very chatty. And, yeah. She's very chatty. 
All right, so we just took a quick break, and Chris let Luna outside. She was being a little too chatty and annoying, especially when we're giving such dope advice. Seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were saying it's about what? It's about friendship, and we established this, uh, you know, friendship base at the earliest point in our relationship, and that's been uh, the solid foundation of what we've been able to do. Um, a lot of people also may not know that when part of the reason why we had to establish that friendship base instead of hitting right to bone town in the beginning is because you were engaged to someone else when <gasps> I met you. How dare you? <laughs> Chris was... Yes, Heather is a homewrecker. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Don't say that. That's so rude. You know that's not true. Well, and you better correct true. that. I know or, it's or not true. You're going to be in big trouble. She saved me. I saved you. Um, and now, now the cat is in here. This is this episode is a mess. Um, no, Chris was actually engaged to somebody else in an um, unhappy situation, and I don't think you. It wasn't disagree, pleasant. I disagree with that. It wasn't yeah. pleasant. And I didn't know that. We just met in the journalism department, Oklahoma State, and became friends and flirty friends. And I was like, oh my god, I like him, but he's with somebody else. Blah blah blah. But that it was right before Christmas, and that Christmas his parents got him luggage for Christmas in the <laughs> hopes that he would take the hint and move out from his relationship and um eventually he did and that's when he and i started really exploring our feelings for each other that's when we went to bone town oh my <laughs> god stop it i was a i'm a virgin I'm still a virgin you, you have a child oh okay <laughs> Um, no one believes that's... that. Your podcast is dedicated to motherhood in Hollywood. I'm sort of the Virgin Mary. But anyway, ever heard of the Virgin Mary? Um, that's when we really started exploring our relationship and we dry humped on my the floor of my apartment. Yes, exploring the relationship. That's... <laughs> we are. We are. This episode is going downhill very quickly. <laughs> um, literally anyone who's listening right now is like, what? In the hell am I listening to? <laughs> 20 years of marriage, folks. That's what you're listening to. But you know what? We're still able to make each other laugh. Oh, for sure. Like, on a, almost on a daily basis. And I love that about us and our family. Yeah. Is we have just constant laughter. Constant laughter in our house. Yeah. And uh, just smiles all around. But also, to be fair, we're not just sitting around laughing all the time like crazy people. We have moments oh, of sure. boredom. Moments of stillness and moments of frustration, you know, when Channing's running through the house and, and riling up the dog and, you know, just like any family where we yeah. get frustrated and have those moments. Um, I wouldn't say that it, they're necessarily drama filled. Like sometimes life isn't drama. Sometimes life can just be Boring. ordinary. Yeah. 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 And that doesn't mean that it's not extraordinary. Right. Does that, does that make sense? No, it's no, there's, it does make sense. There's comfort in knowing that you're my person i feel safe with you mm -hmm. you know more about me than anybody else on the planet oh i got some secrets and i know one day you're gonna write a really good book about it uh, make lots of money and tell all um but yeah like there's just some comfort in in security i feel like i can try things in my career and in my life because I know that you're always going to be there supporting me. I've always got your back. You know. Same same with me. You know you can try a Diablo burrito and know that I will rush you home to the bathroom if you need it. I may need that. So there's <laughs> there's a 
lot of I'm scared actually there's a lot of, of comfort and safety in our relationship in different ways so um, and a lot of poop jokes a lot of poop jokes so so yeah that's you know in a awkward roundabout nutshell that is sort of what it's like to be married for 20 years and so we are going <laughs> to go to Hawaii to celebrate yeah and we are going to be staying at the Westin Maui Resort and Spa and I am so, so beautiful cannot wait so beautiful they have recently had some major renovations and um, they have a new tower with brand new upgraded suites. They have upgraded their entire pool area. It has like um, a grotto in it with a bar underneath it. You had me at bar. I know there's slides for chanting. There's also a family and kids pool area with like a little sandy beach. Um, It's also right on the beach. So I cannot wait to go and just sort of do nothing, do nothing. Yeah. But also explore. Like Mm -hmm. we have, listen, I used to travel a lot for work. And ever since then, I sort of got bit by the travel planning bug. So whenever I'm going somewhere, I like to see what is around this place. What is unique? What is different? What is off the beaten path? Yes, we can go to the touristy places and absolutely should. But there's also some things I want to do in Maui that are a little um, different. Yep. And um, while we're there, we're going to also do a vow renewal on the beach. And I've sort of been planning like a much, much more scaled down version of our wedding, a little mini ceremony. And Channing is going to be our flower girl, which I'm so excited. It's going to be on the for. beach. It's going to be. Yes. It's going to be on the beach at sunset. Got a so ukulele romantic. player happening. <laughs> it's going to be so, so great. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I got married in Hawaii or I have this in Hawaii. Well, for us, I've been to Hawaii many times before, mostly Oahu. Um, and, um, most recently we went to Disney Aulani in, uh, Oahu and then, um, but the, the main reason that we wanted to have our vow renewal in Hawaii was because 10 years ago for our 10th wedding anniversary, we went to Maui. We had such an amazing time and a wonderful experience. And it was also where we decided that we wanted to become parents. Yeah. Best, and best vacation ever. It was so great. It was so great. And prior to that, we had sort of been resistant to the idea. We felt like we weren't ready. We weren't financially in the right place. We yeah. weren't mature enough. Um, <laughs> Surely. <laughs> and it was just sort of over this like peaceful, unplugged break. This was before everybody had their face in their phones 24-7. Um, we really connected and really had heart-to-heart conversations about our future and our life and mm-hmm. if we wanted to be parents. And then that's when we really... Um, made the decision to to move forward and like start trying to have a baby and yeah. then a few years later Channy was born so now we're take we're going back with our now eight-year-old to sort of do this recommitment to each other on the beach and um i'm so excited yeah i'm, I'm afraid i'm gonna cry like i'm baby. already about to cry just like it no why are we so sass um, I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait to stay at the Westin. I can't wait to do some of the other things I have planned. You know, that's what I love too, is I love watching you plan things. <laughs> I'm sure like, you do. <laughs> no, honestly, because I'm horrible at planning. I, I just, you know, I'll go online and I'll just buy the first thing I see or whatever, or buy the, you know, whatever. But, you know, years ago, a few years ago, we went to Europe went to England and mm-hmm. I bought the trip. I bought the plane. I bought the hotel. And I'm like, you plan everything else because yeah. that's your thing. And you you planned it so well. And so you planning these trips gives me such joy. Remember we took that boat ride to the Prime Meridian? Uh, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. That is honestly like something I would never think 
No one ever thinks of do, that, but it was so cool. But I was like doing a lot of research and reading, and I was like, oh, this is just a short boat ride up the Thames, and we can go to Greenwich, the yep. Greenwich Village, the original Greenwich Village, Greenwich, um, around Greenwich University, I think it is. This is a university yeah, there. Yeah. And a huge walk up this big hill is where there's this observatory. And we stood on the, on the and line. We got to stand on the prime meridian where time ends and begins <laughs> at the same time. Like there's just something sort of cool about that. So we had I, fish and chips at that pub. It was oh, so great. Oh, so great. Yeah. And so there's, there's things like that that I love doing mm-hmm. that. And you're uh, good at it. You're oh, very good at it. Thanks. So I wish we could travel more about your, your job gets in the way. Um, so yeah. I'm excited to go to Hawaii because I've found a few other things that are a little off the beaten path that we're going to do. Like, the coffee tour. Mm, I'm very excited about that. So there is a farm called, it's O apostrophe O. And I don't know if it's O-O Farms. O-O, O-O Farms. O-O. O-O Farms. <laughs> I'll ask them when we get there. But they do an early morning coffee tour on their farms. It's a, what is it? What like is, bean to cup? Yeah, bean to cup tour where you go and you see where the coffee is grown and Hawaiian coffee is just the best. It's really good. And then um, you get to go back and get a French press and French press your coffee. They also um, have a farm-to-table breakfast for you there. And it just sounds so dreamy. And it looks like a beautiful place. So I'm excited to do that. And, and I'm it's gonna, so unique, too. So unique. There's a lavender farm that's in that same area. This is all in the upcountry of Maui. Maui Wines is a beautiful place. And then we're going to go up to the Haleakala Crater. And I think Channing is going to be like, whoa. It's going to blow her mind. going to blow her mind. Um, and then we're doing Road to Hana and a helicopter tour. Snorkeling. Snorkeling at the crater with turtles. No, thank you. I'll be on the boat <laughs> getting drunk. Um, but there's all of these wonderful adventures. We're also having massages at the Westin on um, Beachside. We're not going to want to come back. We're not going to want to come back, but we and have we, to. And we may expensive. not. We may not. And we have, I could do a podcast from Hawaii. Seriously, I could work from Hawaii. I think there's the reason why so many people go to Hawaii and they fall in love with it and they just end up staying there forever because there's just something about it especially Maui that is so um inviting and it's the idea of this perfect like relaxation and it's yeah. the polar opposite of Los Angeles right where everybody is go 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 hustle you know even during a pandemic it's like what are you doing are you taking acting classes are you creating something on YouTube where's your you know it's, when there's no six lanes of backed up traffic yes. on the 405 there's you know like it's one or two lanes but it's never backed up it's yeah. like it's it's I think there is traffic it's in Maui. Time, it's Hawaii time. It's Hawaii time. I think there's definitely traffic in Maui, but we've just never experienced it to a certain extent. So I'm excited to go and just have a break, honestly. You know, um, the only content I'll be creating is just for myself yep. and for our own joy and pleasure. Um, and yeah, I'm so just... So many good pictures to take. I know. It's going to be amazing. It's such a beautiful place. And I'm I'm excited to go with Chan. The last time we went was uh, to Disney Aulani, and Chan was five? I think so, yeah. I think she was five. That's yeah. three years ago, right? Yeah. She was five, and she loved it, and I and she had a good time, but I don't think she fully appreciated it. Plus, we didn't leave the resort. We no, were at, it was all resort. Yeah, we yeah. were at Aulani for the whole week, but this time, we're going to be doing some exploring for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope I can keep up with the with the itinerary I planned. I think you can. Um, okay, let's. Um, also, if you guys have any questions or anything about our trip, I'm gonna do a blog post about it up on motherhoodandhollywood.com, and we'll also sort of recap it when we come back and um, share our experiences. But if you have any questions about it, where we're staying, or about what we're doing, just shoot me an email or DM me over on the Instagram, and I'm happy to uh, 
to talk to you more about that. So let's shift gears quickly because pivot. It's Oscars weekend. Yep. The Academy Awards are happening. And um, here's my question. You know, I cover for NBCLA. Yep. Every time I post something Oscars related or award show related, the trolls come out in full force to tell me no one cares. We don't care about Hollywood. Um, These are overrated actors who are just patting themselves on the back. You know, people have real life problems, blah, blah, blah. So in your opinion, do people really care about the Oscars? You're somebody who very much watches movies and TV shows regularly. Do you think, do you care about the Oscars? Yeah, I like them. I think they're entertaining and I, I like to see the recognition of good movies. You yeah. know, being like, yes, that movie deserved its accolades. That was so good. Or, you know, on the contrary, I'll be mad that, oh, no, that movie shouldn't have gotten that award. It should have been this mm-hmm. award. I like that uh, th- that contrast. Yeah. So um, the ratings for the Oscars have continuously been going down for years. Yeah. Last year, they were down to $23 million, and that's 20% less than the previous year. Um, this year, it's anticipated it will be even, even lower. lower. Um, so I guess my question is, will there still be an Oscars by the time I win mine? <laughs> <laughs> or will it be... At the rate you're going? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. Um, yeah, so I, I... There will be some kind of industry... Uh, award. There will be some kind of industry recognition, whether or not it's televised, mm. you know, on the networks, or whether it's more internal. I don't know, but yes, there will all. I, I think there will always be some kind of uh, recognition. They're also anticipating that the viewership for this Sunday will be down dramatically. Um, when you look at other award shows, especially, you know, it's hard to judge during COVID times, but even prior to that, all yeah. award shows across the board—Emmys, Grammys—at um, AMAs, country music, like all of those. I personally think we have too many award shows. Like how much do we need to get? And I think that's part of the backlash, right? Is people think, oh my gosh, all these people out in Hollywood, country music awards, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the MTV movie awards, Oscars, Grammys, Emmys. Globes. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's too much. They're patting themselves on the back too much. And, it's a solid point. Yeah. Actually, maybe a solid point. So the point. Grammys viewership was down 53% compared to that. That's half. Yeah. That's half. And the Grammys are huge. Right. Um, But it's down to half. Like, almost nobody watched the Grammys and nobody watches the SAG Awards. The SAG Awards, I think, know that. And well, it's this, more of an industry thing, though, it's right? It's for sure an industry thing. Well, it's all an industry thing. But um, the SAG Awards were an, only an hour long and it was literally just, it was all pre-taped. Hey, here's the nominees. Here's your award. Thank you so much. And the next yep. one, like they cranked it out. And I don't know why they decided to do that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see um, if other award shows follow suit. But the Oscars so far, the the Academy has very much tried to toe the line between what is safe and acceptable during the pandemic yep. and what and keeping up with their traditions. So they're going to do a red carpet. They have also insisted that all of the nominees be there in person in order to accept their award. Oh, wow. Nobody can accept over Zoom. Wow. Um, so like people who are overseas like Emerald Farrell, who is nominated for best director for, um, promising young woman. 
um, what would have to decide if she's going to risk her health and risk traveling internationally to come to the Oscars if she wins. And there's a like a good likelihood that she could win. Right. So, um, that was a good movie. And then you've got people like Chloe Zhao who directed Nomadland, who is also overseas. You know, they have to decide if they want to come to win the Oscars and, and during a global pandemic, because the Oscars are like not allowing, not doing what the other award shows have done, which is allowing people to be on zoom. Right. They've also requested that people not be casual, like, Jason Sudeikis uh, during the Globes when he was wearing a hoodie, a tie-dye hoodie. um, They have asked people to dress more formally and show up in person. They're they're wanting the pomp and circumstance. They're they're wanting to keep that tradition Mm -hmm. of the pomp and circumstance. And okay, I mean, whatever. Yeah. You know? I'm not sure why. I think maybe there's like a... um, maybe a snobbery there a little bit of thinking, well, we're the Academy Awards. We are the the Grand Dame. Yeah, Yeah. we're the Oscars. So we have to carry on this tradition and this prestige, even in a pandemic or whatever. It's so weird, though, because, like, all the theaters are closed. Everything, all the nominees are streaming now. It's Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a weird environment. Well, the theaters are back open now at a limited capacity, but they haven't been all year. I mean, that's just been within the past few weeks. So... Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good decision for them um, or what. I know they're doing rigorous testing on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the nominees, presenters have to quarantine um, before the event and then they get tested when they show up. So they're being really careful. They're taking a lot of measures to be to have a safe event. Um, that being said, I don't know that people care anymore. Like, I honestly think this past year and a half has shifted people's perspective between politics and the pandemic. Um, I think that people's perspectives, wants, desires, needs have shifted. Right. And I don't know that they care whether or not Frances McDormand wins the Oscar. I think she's brilliant, but I also am an actor and I care. Um, I don't think that the average person is like, oh, I'm going to tune in. You know? But but wouldn't couldn't the argument be stated that they should tune in, if nothing else, for a palate cleanser after this after this year, uh, you know, that we've had this horrible last year yeah. um, where there's been so much divisiveness, um, you know, in this country, you know, some politics and pandemic and and things like that. It's a good palate cleanser. It's like, okay, let's get some fluff. Right. Well, the argument is that I see a lot online is that, um, the actors are super political and a lot of the country doesn't want to hear their political speeches or their political. Just say thanks for your award and move on. Well, that's what people want them to do. But these people are also human beings. Actors are human beings. They're allowed to have their opinions and they have a stage and a spotlight um, and a platform to be able to express their opinions. Yeah, that's so true. Um, that's true. That's why in a lot of these award shows, not just the Oscars, but a lot of these award shows, you get a lot of political speeches. And that's where the backlash comes from mm-hmm. is, is that. yeah, Because people don't want to hear that. They want to tune in and they want to see their favorite stars do something funny or say something clever or wear a pretty dress or pretty whatever. Dress yeah. yeah. They don't want people to have opinions. And so that is... That is, uh, must be very frustrating if you're a high profile actor yeah. to feel like I have this stage, this moment, you're passionate about a cause and you feel like you need to speak up and say something. Yeah. And also you don't want to alienate your audience 
and your fans. So yeah, yeah you got to toe that line. It's tough. You have to toe. They have to toe that line a little bit. I'm really curious to see if there will be a lot of um, political speeches because I feel like a lot of the political rhetoric has died down online, especially since Trump was taken off Twitter, and the you know Biden yeah. is now in office, and I think. It still exists, but it doesn't seem as vitriol filled. Well, there's other issues too. There's other you know? issues, yeah. Gun control, you know. Oh yeah. BLM, you know. Oh yeah. Policing the police, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Those are the new political hot topics. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see who speaks up and who um, speaks out and says anything, or if they just go up and, you know, graciously accept their award. I wonder. Did, uh, do the Oscars have any guidance in that respect? Do they, you know... Do they, like, tell people what to say? Or do they say, hey, let's keep the political rhetoric down? I don't or, think Or let's so. do this. Or, or do they just let the actors and, not, or, and, you know, the award winners say sort of whatever they want? Um, I have not seen the Academy send anything out. That doesn't mean they haven't. I just haven't seen the, anything from them telling them what to say. And you can't really tell an actor what to say. You can't police it. Anyway. Yeah. They could cut them off, but I've never seen them do that because it makes for good television. No, it does. If they're having a moment, you know. Yep. Um, and, yeah. So, I, I just... Look, I love... This industry, even though this industry does not love me, <laughs> I'm still committed to it. Um, I still one day would love to win an Oscar. Um, I have to be in a movie first. So see how that goes. Um, I just, I feel like the public's interest is waning also because their favorite movies that they go to the box office to see, that they watch over and over again at home, are not represented in these award shows. Right. There there are never any superhero movies or Avengers, big box yeah. office movies other than like technical editing awards and visual effects and stuff like that that are given these awards and a and you're never going to see Chris Evans up there accepting an award as Captain America, although he was gr- brilliant Captain America. No, he was great. You're never going to see Robert Downey Jr. up there accepting an award for Iron Man. There should be an award for casting. For kicking off what was arguably one of the best franchises in the last 10, 15, 20 years. You yeah, know? almost ever. Yeah. Ever, yeah. yeah. He he should win an award for that. He was incredible mm-hmm. and will always be cemented as this character. He's Tony Stark. Yeah, and he will never win an Oscar for that. And Chris Evans will always be Captain America. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth will always be Thor. Yeah. You know, all those characters that people love made billions at the box office. Mm-hmm. And you're right, outside of technical awards... They usually don't get much love. So you can't tell me that the fans of movies, true movie fans and television fans, and we're talking specifically about movies for the Oscars, who are the ones who go to the movies to spend their hard-earned dollar are not the ones that are pulling for Nomadland. <laughs> Nomadland, They're right. just not. Yeah. You know, my TikTok feed is filled with people who are all about Disney movies, who are all about Marvel, Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, these movies that are not represented in acting categories, but the actors who play them and the, the writers and directors have created something that will live on. Forever. Forever. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know There's why. There's a snobbery there. There's a snobbery there, I'm sure. I'm sure, but it just doesn't... Then then they're going to keep losing audience. Yeah. They're going to keep losing people because as the the boomers and the, our generation, the people who love those kinds of movies get older, yep. you know, um, and the younger kids coming up... Just to be clear, we're not boomers. <laughs> we're not boomers. We are Gen, Gen X. X. I'm... 
<laughs> I'm kind of on the line between Gen X and elder millennial, but whatever. Um, there is uh, the younger kids are not tuning in on ABC at five o'clock on a Sunday to watch the Oscars. They're going to watch the highlights on their Twitter feed. Sure. They're going to watch it on their laptop, maybe for a few minutes or their phone. Or They'll read the headlines and yeah, that's right. it. I just, because their favorite movies are not in it right. and their favorite stars are not in it, you know? And even if the Oscars, they try to bring out these big stars as presenters, you sure, know, to try sure. to draw, to draw that in. That's, you know, the smart thing to do. But anyway, um, and back to your previous comment, casting directors absolutely should be given Academy. There should Awards. be some love there because it's unbelievable to me that casting yeah. directors are not, don't have their own category. And that's something casting directors have been sort of saying for years. Yeah. Like, hey. There's an art to that. There is an art to that. And it's also about networking. It's about casting. It's about them having the ability to read a script, hear the director's and producer's visions for it, and then know what actors and be aware of the actors who would fit that type of role. And they just, they have never gotten any love from the Academy. What I love seeing as far as casting is concerned, I love seeing, like, when they cast uh, an adult actor and mm-hmm. then they cast, like, their the kid actor that's yeah. supposed to be that adult actor and when that fits it just it makes it so much more what did we watch the other day we were I'm, like, I'm, oh, I'm trying to think casting. about that I can't even think about it it was oh uh, it was um, a Hillbilly Elegy it was Hillbilly okay. Elegy yes. the young kid yep and the older kid beautiful casting I don't know who did that I know yeah it was better. it was really good but also on the opposite end of it when the casting is bad you're like ooh sure sure um yeah, there's nothing worse than seeing someone going, this just doesn't yeah. fit. Like, I recently saw a movie, which I'm not going to name, because I'm, I'm not allowed thing. to talk about it yet, <laughs> that was not great. And the actor did a good job, but they were just miscast. They were just miscast, right. and it's like, what can you... Ooh, yeah. I think sometimes, too, names, you know, celebrities just beat out whether or not they're right for the role. Right. Especially, I think that happens a lot, actually. I'm looking at the Hillbilly Elegy casting director, because now I'm curious. Because we did... Both oh, it was Carmen Cuba. Um, we both did reference like, wow, that's great casting yeah. with the kid and the yeah. and the adult version of that movie. So, um, I you know I have mixed, I have a love, I have a love meh relationship with the Oscars. <laughs> I love it, I enjoy it, I want to be on it, but I just think that they could be making better decisions. I think also they were super reactive with um, all of the cry for Oscars so white. And they were like, now we're going to nominate diversity, all these people. And some of them may or may not have deserved to be nominated, but because the Academy has been so white for so long, they have to, the pendulum had to swing back the other way in order for them to, try to make amends and make some corrections. Well, that's part of the backlash too around the Oscars is that whole. It absolutely is. There's been such a lack of diversity for so long that over half the country is like, why do I want to watch a bunch of old rich white people get awards? You know, patting each other on the back. We can only watch Jennifer Lawrence be cute and funny for so long before (laughs) it's like, okay, what's next? You know, although she's not an old rich white person, but you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, so regardless, I'll be tuning in. I'll be covering the Oscars. I'm still excited for it. Favorites gonna... to win? Who do you want to win? Um, For what category? Uh, let's just go best picture. Let's best go big. Picture. Yeah. I think that Nomadland should win. It was really good. I thought it was... It, it was unusual in that, to me, it felt like a documentary, but it was acted. Right, right. Frances McDormand was so beautifully understated 
in that that you're like, is she acting or is she really is she real? Person? Does she live like this? Yeah, right. right. And I love seeing that happen because she fully immersed herself into that character. She also went full nude <laughs> for that movie, and I'm like, just give her all the awards because it's brave. That's bra- very brave. How about the Sound of Metal? I thought the Sound of Metal was good. I don't think it will win Best Picture. I think his um, his performance Riz was Ahmed's really good. Uh, nomination was deserved for sure. Yeah. He was really great. It was such a powerful and also a beautiful story that yep. you just don't um, hear very often or see very often. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, uh, don't come at me, deaf community. Um, they're not listening. They're not. Chris. <laughs> Chris, that's horrible. Oh my God, I'm going to have to delete that. Um, that's horrible. But um, I think uh, he was wonderful in that. And it's also just a beautiful story that, you know, represents a community that doesn't get a lot of representation. Yeah, yeah I thought so too. Um, I, d- I think Mank is way overrated. overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that was it was that great. I was like, are we all watching the same movie? And the same thing with The Trial of the Chicago 7. I was like, this is boring AF. What in the world? I didn't even make it through that. Oh my God. It was so boring. And it was just very Aaron Sorkin y, you know? Right. And he's such a great writer, but this just felt, yeah, just very Aaron Sorkin y. And then um, Minari, beautiful movie, very, um, also a unique story, you know? Um, And what what are the other nominees? Uh, I'm forgetting. Who am I forgetting? We got Nomad Land. I think you're right. I think Nomad Land might get it. For best I, picture, yeah. I, I mean, it was something. It was a beautiful, beautiful movie to watch. Oh, Judas and the Black Messiah. We did not see that, which is embarrassing. Uh, Promising Young Woman is the other one. Oh yes, that I don't was, think that was best picture, but it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Her performance was really good. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie, but it's, I wasn't like this is the best movie of um, the year. Is Ma Rainey's? No. No. no, Judas and the Black Messiah, Sound of Metal, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father. That's one we didn't see. Um, you know, Minari might take it too. Minari has it got Minari. It, it's got a lot of momentum. I right think now. it's honestly between Minari and Nomadland. It'll it really just depends on who has the better publicity. Well, I mean, Parasite won the other year, um, so Minari has a good chance. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, either way, we'll be tuning in, and then we will. Um, we're going to take another three months off. <laughs> no, um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about our trip to Maui, our anniversary, and um, we can um, talk about if whether or not our guesses were spot on um, for the Academy Awards. But uh, thank you again, Chris Brooker. You're welcome. For walking in from the other room. Of to, course. I'm going do. back to the other room right now. I know. Um, and thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy the Oscars. Um, please follow along for our adventure in Maui, the Brooker Val Renewal. Um, at Motherhood in Hollywood. Uh, no, that's my website. I'm at the Heather Brooker on Facebook and Instagram, Heather Brooker on Twitter. Uh, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Mama funny. Balls. <laughs>